The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Great to have you with us. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me uh, together right here in California's Central Valley. And again, thank you so much for being part of that mix. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, the repartee that we have, the ability to discuss things rationally, reasonably, and intelligently. Uh, thank you for that opportunity. As we uh, begin today's program, uh, got quite a feedback, uh, quite a bit of feedback from some of our discussions yesterday. And uh, Cheryl, uh, we, we had some talk about drivers, drivers in the Central Valley here lately. And I don't know if, if, you've, been, uh, if you've been driving long around here, you've probably noticed that the level of driving acumen is, uh, is dipping somewhat uh, people in fact coming uh, coming to the studio today here i had what three three cars turn right in front of me and and saw some others as well and uh, i just uh, it's 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 tough when you're out there defensive driving definitely is a rule of the day but anyway i put the question out there and asked some people about their opinions cheryl uh, emailed in and said that uh, we were talking about drivers and drivers bad habits yesterday and what do we do as the audience while we're on the road? She says, I drive for a living. I'm a medical courier. Uh, I'm trying to read that with my good eye. I'm a medical courier. I see a lot of bad driving habits on the road each and every day. Everything from failure to signal, and I see a lot, to not knowing how to properly merge into oncoming traffic, especially on the freeways. Doesn't that drive you nuts? All right, let me go on here. She says, I often wonder how uh, the, uh, the, your, how, the, how you people receive their driver's license after the driving test because they're absolutely horrible. She says, I think another problem is that we have uh, is uh, in-town driving on our roads. The roads are not built to properly cap- uh, capacitate the amount of people we have driving within our sen- uh, city limits anymore. In a nutshell, it's a hard mess. Now, her last thought there is why one of the reasons I'm bringing this up, other than uh, I appreciate her comment and I wanted to share that with you, it's about our infrastructure, and I know there's been a lot of talk about infrastructure. Probably saying, Mike, we're tired about hearing about infrastructure. Well, I'm talking about real infrastructure, you know, roadways, uh, waterways, bridges, real infrastructure, not, not, not babysitter infrastructure. And one of the issues I've seen in this area is that it appears, and I've only been here again maybe 25 years, it appears to me that a lot of the development that happened happened before the infrastructure was laid out to handle that development. And it's it's not to me a question of what should come first, the chicken or the egg. Uh, it, It is a definite issue, especially in our area, and it, it, 
it really does come back to the fact that our planning commissions and our uh, city councils and our county councils and the county planning and such, there's a responsibility there to act reasonably and to look ahead. Uh, And even when we think about water, I see new developments being approved. We're in the middle of a drought, and I'm all for new developments. I'm all for new housing and and the jobs that brings and providing new housing uh, for people. But are we dealing with the issue of water? Are are we thinking about that? Are we dealing with the issue of roads? How many times have you driven past an, an area where they're building uh, multiple residences, and the highways are not quite uh, fit to handle the traffic yet. This is an issue. It's a, it's a safety issue as well. So uh, I uh, I agree with her uh, 100% about uh, her concerns. And uh, Cheryl, thank you for, uh, for writing in. Uh, we really appreciate that. And again, uh, be safe out there. I've noticed uh, in, in quite a few of the roadways I've been on lately, Uh, Both the police departments and the sheriff's departments now have those new little signs up that start to flash red and blue like you're being pulled over. The signs start to uh, the strobes start to flash if you're going over the speed limit. I've heard not that I've ever gone over the speed limit, of course, uh, but I've seen it happen. And so I'm. I'm thinking, first of all, and and we're going to, I'm going to investigate this with some of our good friends at MPD or the Sheriff's Department, Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Is is that a distraction? Is that, I'm surprised there's not a, some law against that. Because when, for example, a car in front of me the other night uh, was going at a fairly high rate. Uh, I forget where it might've been Highway 108. I'm not sure. Anyway. Uh, there was uh, one of those signs, and it immediately started to flash blue and red. Well, I'm far enough behind, and I can't see that it's a sign. It looks to me like there's police activity there, and so I start to uh, I start to think, well, I you know maybe need to move to a, a different lane. I need to slow down. When I got there, the sign was, I guess, pulling itself over. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm curious about that as a practice and what ty- I can see maybe the flashing orange lights, but the red and blue uh, to me as from from far away as a driver just means there's uh, there's an issue uh, coming up ahead. So anyway, it'd be interesting if any of you are familiar with that. Any of our law enforcement friends, I'd be interested to know what. Uh, what the uh, logic is behind that, and if that's proved to be a safety issue or not, gets your attention. I I don't uh, beef that at all. Definitely gets your attention. Uh, but I I just wonder if it can be a, a safety issue. Not criticizing it, not criticizing law enforcement about it. I'm just curious because have you seen it? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Are the drivers driving you nuts as well on the road? 209-551-3483. Speaking of vehicles, now here's one that I'd like to get your opinion on. U.S. Postal Service is finalizing plans for gas vehicles. Yeah, Believe it or not, apparently USPS 
is finalizing plans for a new fleet of mostly gas-powered vehicles, despite pushback, apparently, from a lot of Democratic politicians. Uh, The Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, defended the move, saying that the Postal Service can't afford to transition to a full fleet of electric vehicles. He argued more electric vehicles can be purchased when financial conditions improve. Now, the Natural Resources Defense Council, I didn't know there was one, the Natural Resources Defense Council fired off a reply to this and said, quote, for the sake of clean air and cost savings, it's time to return this plan to sender. Return to sender, address unknown. Didn't you love that song? But anyway, so the National Resources Defense Council says uh, foul play. We're going to throw the flag here on the United States Postal Service. And what aren't we supposed to be here in California? Aren't we uh, have a goal of, what, 2035? Uh, you know, if, if they, where are we going to hook up? all of these electric cars out there. Do you have any thoughts on that? And maybe you support this. I don't mind hybrids. And if people want to drive an electric car, that's fine. But think of all the energy, think of all the resources that have to be used up and expended to build the batteries, number one. And number two, to install all of these charging stations everywhere. There's got to be charging stations. I thought we were supposed to save electricity. Well, it's going to be solar powered, Mike. Really? They can harness solar solar power uh, enough to provide uh, all of these for all the cars that are on the roadway. I, uh, I have my doubts. Anyway, so what do you think about us postal service? Uh, do you think they're making the right decision there? I say good for you. Good for you. I'm all for combustion engines. I'm not for pollution, but I am for combustion engines. I am not. I am not for going all electric, at least at this point. Now, if they get to the point where an all electric vehicle can go uh, six, uh, well, let's let's even let, let's call it 400 miles. And I mean climbing mountains, going around curves, that sort of thing. If, if they can build one that'll do that, okay, I'll entertain it. But uh, so far, as far as the technology is concerned at this point anyway, I'm, um, I'm not quite on board with all of that yet. But maybe you have a different opinion on that. You're welcome to let me know. Area code 209-551-3483, 509 Three four eight three, and uh, when we come back in just a few minutes, George Gascone, our favorite district attorney down in Los Angeles, turns out his popularity is really starting to wane, and uh, he's getting himself into uh, some hypocritical problems. And so we'll talk about that and uh, U.S. Postal Service vehicles and driving acumen coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360. On I-5, we're seeing some slow traffic right now. French Camp Road to 8th Street, southbound 99, Manteca to Ripon. We're still seeing slowing there from 120 toward Hammett Road. And in Modesto, southbound 99 remains slow 
Woodland Avenue to Crow's Landing Road. For the Valley's most frequent traffic reports, tuned to 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by J&J Heating and Air. J&J Heating and Air. Are you ready to take on the freezing cold? I am. I call J&J Heating and Air. Quality service at a great price. Call now for the double plate. A furnace and water heater tune-up for just $89. More at JJHeat.com. Inflation just broke a nearly 40-year record thanks to Biden's out-of-control spending. And every second, you are losing more of your hard-earned savings. But you can fight back with a gold IRA from Birch Gold. You can protect your retirement from this outright theft. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I'm one of Birch Gold's many happy customers. To learn how to set up your own gold IRA, text the word SHELTER to 989898. Do it now today. Text SHELTER to 989898. Don't let an inexperienced plumber dig up your entire yard. Roto-Rooter offers trenchless repairs to ensure you don't have additional expenses and headaches. Get a free home inspection at rotorooterca.com or call 800-491-ROTO. That's rotorooterca.com. This hour of Mike Douglas brought to you by Transworld Business Advisors. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in disbelief with what's going on in the world. As we all know, global problems are having local consequences, too many of them. And if the peanut butter really hits the fan, are you ready? Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Now's the time to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. Our food kits will ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Having food storage in your home beats government food lines hands down. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today and prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com The Ridiculous Crime Podcast proves that true crime isn't always about mayhem and murder. Sometimes it's just silly. Take a deep dive into the absurd side of criminality with tales of stupid capers and idiotic cons that are 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. 16-year-old Max Wade decides to steal the yellow and black Lamborghini Gallardo Spider. The owner, (laughs) you know him as Guy Fieri. Listen to Ridiculous Crime on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover. Exceptionally. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we attack many of the problems that we're facing today. And uh, one of the big problems is out there on the roadways, for goodness sakes. And we've been talking about that. Ed from Lodi has some thoughts on that. Uh, Ed, uh, I don't know if you're a road warrior or not, but I know those who are face a lot of challenges. <laughs> what are your thoughts about what you see out there? Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Now, I also want to talk about electric stuff, but I'll do that in a second. 
Um, first of all, uh, yes, I've driven a lot in my life. I've driven all over the country. I've driven in Boston and New York City and Philadelphia not, and all over the West and everything. Uh, I kind of uh, break things into different categories. Um, when it comes to just pure people issues, two things are very different today than, say, even 25, 30 years ago. First of all, we have a lot more people here. And we have longer commutes. It wasn't as common 30 years ago, 40 years, to do things like commuting from a place like Modesto to the Bay Area. That is much more a modern thing. Um, As far as kind of social aspects, and I I separate that from people, um, I think, unfortunately, driving does reflect who we are as people. And there's two things that are that I think affect us as drivers that have nothing to do with the two things I just mentioned. And that is, uh, I think that they're, in general, we're lacking, we're getting to be more, I think, self-centered. So I would say our, our we have poor manners. We don't tend to be as courteous in, in things in general. Uh, the exception, of course, is this show. And, <laughs> but, uh, um, and there's a lot of distracted driving for various reasons. Sometimes people are eating. Sometimes people are on their cell phone. I still see people holding their cell phone to their ear. But there just seems to be a lot of distracted driving for various and sundry reasons. And finally, you'd mentioned um, – well, there's one other thing I'll mention in a minute. So you you also mentioned infrastructure, and I'm, I'm thinking there's lots of things that, that, that uh, cause problems. The fact that our roads sometimes are either in poor repair or just not sufficiently built to handle everything. And I know that's that's probably a tough one to keep up with, but it does seem like uh, that's a problem. And and then there's some weird stuff like uh, anybody who's driven – um, like through uh, towards Manteca, trying to go over to I-5 using that exchange on 99 to the 120. That's ridiculously designed. That's just you know big use of land, but very poorly designed. And there's a lot of poorly designed things um, everywhere you go. You can find things. There's all kinds of anecdotal. Um, you know, people say, yeah, well, this thing doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and that's true. There's a lot of of problems. I think it has to do with the fact that there's more of us than they could that they could plan for, and sometimes they just don't keep up with. And um, there's a lot of bad interchanges. And in, in, in our our own community, one thing that drives me a little bit nuts are the way stoplights work. There's no real strong consistency <laughs> to the way these stoplights work. And sometimes, sometimes even the same stoplight uses different logic at different times of day as to when the turn light goes and how long it goes. And sometimes if one person's at one turn light, the other side waits. And, and, and so the flow of traffic is goofy there. And the, the, the final thing I will say um, on this, and I know I'm talking a lot, and I'd love to hear what you say after this, but I think the quality of training for drivers has changed radically over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. It used to be that most everybody who went to public school got training in school. They had at least a quarter or a semester of driver's education and a quarter or a semester of driver's training. And I think a lot of that's sort of done more on, private level now there's a lot of companies out there but i don't think that the amount of time that people are getting to learn to drive and just kind of the environment where um i I think it's just a different environment now and and so i think that training may not be 
to the level it used to be. And I remember learning all kinds of things. You know, not only did I learn how to drive the standard, I learned how to drive. I mean, I learned how to drive a shift. I learned how to change a tire. All of that was in my drive, my driver's ed. It wasn't just my dad who knew how to do all that too. But you know, everybody learned how to do stuff. And it. I think that our our training is not what it once was. So. Yes, I think driving is crazy right now, and I think these are many of the reasons. There's probably more than I came up with, but those are my thoughts. And I, I would like to talk to you about electric stuff. But what's your what's your response? <laughs> yeah, uh, very quickly, uh, Ed. I I agree with you uh, about the self centeredness, and uh, I don't know that it's necessarily narcissism, but it's just being oblivious. Uh, from what I see uh, to to what's going on uh, going along. Uh, Distracted driving, the infrastructure itself, I think, contributes to this. I like your point about driver training. Uh, yes. I mean, back when uh, I went through school, yeah, that was all part of it, and you got a complete ed- education. I don't think that's out there anymore, and I, I know there are a lot of private companies now that uh, that provide that. So that's my uh, that's my quick re- uh, response to that. Let me get your uh, next comment. we got about uh, a minute and a half here. Okay. Um, first of all, I agreed with everything you said about, you know, if somebody wants to do electric, fine. If they want to do, I personally drive a hybrid, uh, but I have concerns about forcing the issue and then spending government money on, on creating all the infrastructure, which we did not do with gas stations. That was done mostly, you know, as the need arose. And I think maybe we need to let that still be the case. But we are not prepared for the electric infrastructure, and there is zero, I mean zero discussion on the environmental impacts here. About What about the batteries? They will eventually go bad, and mining for these batteries is very bad. I, there's a lot of environmental concern that I have, and I also think this is not necessarily practical. I think it sounds great, and it may be a great thing in a urban setting, but to one size fits all, saying, hey, we're going to do this because we're going to do this, to me, that is just setting a goal and following a goal, not necessarily the merits of that goal. And it does not necessarily improve our pollution level. In some ways, it makes it worse. And, I mean, it's a whole discussion. I think we can have an hour-long talk about this. But I'm opposed to forcing the electric car thing. I think this is definitely – um, you know, they're saying, well, this is going to cure everything. I think there is a whole lot of discussion that is not occurring and that we're being kind of forced into this. That's how yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on a lot of that, Ed. Thanks for the call. I appreciate your thoughts uh, very much. Ed from Lodi making some good points. I, I think one of the things that I'm concerned about, uh, and, and this comes back to infrastructure, not not only for housing developments, but if if we're going to look at having electric cars, as Ed said, there's a lot that goes into producing those electric cars that has tremendous environmental impact. And then we also have the charging stations. Again, I am not opposed to electric cars. I'm not. I'm not a, opposed to hybrids. I, I don't enjoy them, but I if you want to drive one, enjoy it. And if you want to have an electric car, enjoy it. Uh, my my concern is that we're the the big the real issue here is putting the fossil fuel industry out of business. I think that's the real issue uh, behind a lot of this. We'll talk about that more and George Goscone. 
coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back. Great to be with you. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Thank you so much for joining us here and uh, happy to have the two hours Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I want to get to our, our good friend, District Attorney George Gascon, down in uh, Los Angeles here in just a moment. Before that, though, you, I have found, are a highly well-read, very intelligent audience. And I found there are times when I am mystified by something, and if I throw it out, one of you, at least, comes up with a great answer. So here it is. I have a question for you. In the night sky here in in the Central Valley, I have noticed for quite a while now an interesting lit-up object in the night sky. If you want, it's about, if you're looking at a clock face, maybe about uh, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And it uh, appears sometimes to move around a little bit, but it's, uh, it, it, like it almost has flashing lights on it and it's stationary it it's stationary and it seems to move in an orbit have you seen this so mike what have you been putting in your coffee no 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 as i i drink my coffee straight i drink it black no cream sugar or anything else uh but i'm i'm mystified by this object out there and it, it's consistently out there now. I've, I've seen it. I've been looking at it for maybe at least two months now. And, again, it's, it's in the night sky. You can see it very clearly, you know, especially 9 p.m. to uh, oh, whenever a daybreak occurs. But it, it, I'm, what, is this another Elon Musk satellite? Uh, anybody have that information? All right, you can help. You can help Pastor Mike out here if you happen to know what that is. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about our good friend, George Gascon. And don't tell me it's the aliens spying on me either. I, I've been watching that thing. Of course, maybe it's watching me. I don't know. All right, George Gascon. Uh, if, you, uh, if you recall, big deal down there remember about the the 26 year old guy who uh, when he was just shy of 18 years old molested a 10 year old girl and now that he's convicting these he convicted he's claiming that he's a a girl now her his his name is hannah now i'm not buying it that this guy is uh, transitioning i'm really not i think uh, i think this is a not so clever defense but anyway George Gascon, apparently um, his office was uh, responsible for only giving that guy two years, but most of all, giving him two years in a female juvenile facility. Well, he, apparently George Gascon is backtracking a little bit, and he said he had erred, possibly, in trying uh, as a juvenile, this guy who was arrested at 26 for sexually, allegedly sexually assaulting a child when he was uh, just shy of 18. 
And somehow, and we played it for you yesterday, Fox News got a hold of a recording uh, of someone bragging to his father about a lighter sentence, and it appears to be this guy. Uh, Gascon said the complex issues and facts of her particular case were unusual, and I should have treated them that way. Okay, but then on Tuesday, get this. George Gascon, the district attorney in Los Angeles, his line prosecutors have announced they have voted almost unanimously to endorse another burgeoning recall attempt. Isn't that interesting? The Association of Deputy District Attorneys Union has clashed with Gascon from the start, apparently. Now, the statewide California District Attorneys Association backed Gascon. And um, so anyway, we're, we're going to, um, I, I'm sorry, let me, uh, let me correct that. The statewide California District Attorneys Association backed the LA prosecutor's challenge, an unusual public rebuke that speaks to a higher and wider schism between a small core of progressive DAs like Gascon and other prosecutors. So essentially, the the big deal here here is Gascon's own staff is supporting a recall. Uh, This group of DAs that are very progressive, that are in favor of lighter sentences for people, uh, they're backing uh, George Gascon. So it's very interesting uh, how this may how this may turn out. Uh, Former police chief Charlie Beck has renounced George Gascon. So I, uh, again, I come back to this. I'm hammering this, I know, every day, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. November 22nd is a tipping point, in my opinion, as far as elections go. November 22nd is when rational people with morals and a healthy worldview need to stand up, go to the polls, or I guess we don't go to the polls anymore, do we? We respond to whatever way they tell us we have to vote. But I think it's time that that, uh, we stand up and make a statement and no longer just say, well, I'm not interested in that election. No, it is. We we are now we are now receiving the consequences of being very apathetic. And saying, well, I don't know, I'll vote for this guy. I haven't really researched him. No, we need to do the research. And so that's what we're doing here as much as we can is uh, helping you with information so that you can make a decision. I tell you who to vote for. You, you are very intelligent. That is your decision. It's you that needs to make that decision. My job is to give you as much information as I can so that you can make intelligent decisions like that and so that we can talk about some of these issues so uh george gascon apparently drawing some uh, uh drawing some ire from his own prosecutors that would like to see him recalled as well can you imagine that being the da and your own people from your own office want to see you gone but you see a guy like gascon probably that doesn't bother him i wouldn't think because I believe people like George Gascon are there for a purpose. 
and that is to undo what is so they can replace it with their own ideas of how society ought to function. And in this case, I think it's a very dangerous proposition. I I think you look at uh, who the financial backers are of these candidates. Do you do that, by the way? I always do that. When I see the political ads, what I try to do is snap a picture on television because the fine print goes by way too quickly. So I try to snap a picture and then I, uh, on my little handy phone here. And then I'll look at who are or what are the organizations that are backing that particular candidate. Uh, now, you're never probably going to see George Soros's name there because he's going to work through other organizations and the money is going to come from uh, different angles. But uh, if, if I see like California Teachers Association, if I, uh, if I see uh, Black Lives Matter as an organization, I'll take another look at it. If I see Planned Parenthood, I'm going to take another look at it. Uh, And just because an organization that I like uh, makes an endorsement doesn't mean I'm going to vote for that person either. But the the people or the organizations that are providing those endorsements to me is a major negative indicator. If I understand these organizations, I understand what their agendas are, and I see them backing a certain candidate, Uh, then I'm going to throw that into the mix. It's not a litmus test. It's not an automatic thumbs up or thumbs down. But I'm definitely going to take another look at that candidate. And so I'm I'm encouraging you now through December 22nd and December, November 22nd and beyond, please, uh, I encourage you to do your due diligence and let's get out there and stand up for what you believe to be true. Well, what if it's not what you believe to be true, Mike? Stand, well, stand up for it. If you believe it's true, stand up for it. I'll do my best to enter the conversation with you, but I think it's uh, highly important that we begin to be a little more aggressive than perhaps we've been in the past in exercising our local votes because it's those local votes that have such dramatic impact. Well, let me tell you about some more dramatic impact. Have you been taking a look at real estate market prices? Yeah, they're going up. Inventory's low, and upcoming interest rate hikes uh, make future home prices uncertain. So selling your home now may be the right move to maximize your equity. Now, maybe you're worried about leaving money on the table with rapidly changing home prices. Well, I encourage you to call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees you'll get multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. Isn't that an amazing offer? His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You are in complete control with no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. In fact, Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Here's an example. Dan helped Rosalie in Modesto sell her vintage home without costly updates and set a new neighborhood record at $15,000 higher than the previous high sale. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend, and he's the guy I would hire to sell my own home. He's the only agent 
who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Happy to have you with us Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have you, uh, have you been following this issue of the Scott Peterson case? Uh, Lacey Peterson, his wife, and, and Connor, his child, uh, murdered some years ago, if you remember. And uh, Scott Peterson was uh, convicted. Of that, well, upcoming and I don't, I, this is fascinating to me. A juror named Rochelle Nice, uh, N-I-C-E, is scheduled to take the stand this Friday to test about and to testify about answers she gave on a jury questionnaire more than 17 years ago. And uh, Scott Peterson's defense team is saying. On the basis of her answers to that questionnaire, she was biased against Scott Peterson. Now, what happens if that's true? What happens if that is found out to be true? Well, Scott Peterson, remember, he had a, a new sentencing trial and, and basically is, is going to avoid the death penalty, but he could be granted a brand new trial period, in the deaths of his wife, Lacey, and their unborn son. So uh, Peterson's attorneys have subpoenaed witnesses, including other former jurors, uh, reporters, documentary filmmakers, anyone who spoke to this juror, Rochelle Nice, during the 2004 convictions. Now, jurors, as you know, are normally prohibited from talking about a case. Appears at least uh, his defense team is saying that uh, this person, Nice, identified in court documents as juror number seven, gave dozens of post-verdict interviews, co-authored a book with other jurors, and exchanged letters with Peterson while he was on death row. So the uh, prosecution uh, is moving to exclude testimony about the post-verdict statements and such, but uh, the judge is reserving a ruling on the prosecution's motion until uh, she hears from uh, this Rochelle Nice testifying uh, about her conduct as a juror. And let's see, uh, apparently the, this is a quote, the issue is whether juror number seven, her non-disclosures amounted to juror misconduct and mass substantial likelihood of actual bias the judge saying thus if peterson's team proves that juror number seven committed misconduct the court will consider the totality of the circumstances in assessing her actual bias this might include evidence of juror number seven's post-verdict conduct so what do you think many were you here during that trial remember it well and in fact uh Lacey Peterson and her unborn son, Connor, their gravesite is in a nearby um, cemetery where I, I do 
graveside services from time to time. And I make a, I make a point to go over there just, just to remember the, the specifics and to pray that nothing like this ever happens again. Now, what do you think about this whole issue with juror number seven, juror Rochelle Nice? Do you think there is some merit to this particular challenge? What do you think about Scott Peterson? I, um, I, I, I have reservations. I mean, he's been convicted in a court of law. And, and now what we're talking about are technicalities. And I understand the rules of evidence. I understand the rules of jury conduct. But are we getting to the point, and I'm coming back, I'll point back to this uh, George Gascon's office deciding that this 26-year-old male, now claiming to be a female, who assaulted, sexually assaulted a a 10-year-old girl when he was just shy of his 18th birthday, giving him only two years in a female juvenile facility. It's that kind of thinking that's, that's starting to worry me. And as, as we look at the technicalities involved, yes, I believe in following the evidentiary evidentiary rules and such and and the the jury rules and all of that but when we get to the point where a technicality like this was not observed and here many many years later uh almost 20 years later now we're we're going to consider a brand new trial i i don't something just in the pit of my stomach has me worried about this this whole process. And again, I got it when I was uh, in law enforcement. I, we were taught very, very carefully in the academy about the rules of evidence to follow things to two to three to four to A, B, C, to E, D, et cetera. And, and you have to follow that chain. And if you depart from that, you look at blowing a whole case. I was even uh, part of a couple of cases weren't weren't my cases, but I was assisting on them and bad guys that we knew did it went free. And, and that's one of the, I don't, I don't want to say it's an unintended consequence of our judicial system and the freedoms that we have, but it is a consequence that is part of living in a free society of the rule of law is that the rule of law must be fired, uh, must be followed. But the problem is you look back at the riots of 2020 versus the, uh, uh, the disturbance there at the state Capitol on January 6, 2021, are those being handled the same? You see, it, it's the hypocrisy involved that, that gets underneath my skin. And I, I just uh, I, I just have a bad feeling about this in totality that this is uh, this is going to rest on a a, a technicality that uh, would let a guy that may have murdered his wife and, and young son go. And you say, well, Mike, maybe it's uh, maybe that juror, maybe her misconduct there, if it is true. 
should result in Scott Peterson going uh, going free until he has a new trial. I um, I don't know. I, again, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I understand the technicalities. How do you feel about that? We live in a society that 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 lives and breathes by the rule of law, and yet today we see that rule of law dismissed, ignored, twisted, nuanced, and totally sometimes uh, thrown out by government officials. We look at the conduct. We've talked about this in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, the FBI using as, uh, being used as a weapon against uh, elementary school parents who are simply trying to make their voices known. Look at what's happening up in Canada where the rule of law is not like we have here. I understand that. But the abuse of power is rampant. And you may say, well, that will never happen here, Mike. I'm not too sure. In fact, I, again, I point to November 22 as being a tipping point for this. I, I believe we could come very close to what's happening in Canada. Well, we'll talk more about that uh, just after the top of the hour in hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show, coming up right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, hour number two here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us today. So much appreciate your willingness to engage in a lot of these topics that affect you and me directly here in uh, the Central Valley of California as we reasonably and rationally and respectfully talk about those issues and how they're, how they're affecting you and me and our future. And again, I will, I'm, I'm banging the drum on this theme that I believe November 22, 2022, is a tipping point for us. In a spe- and I believe the local elections especially are, uh, are going to be so important. And, uh, you know, as we look at uh, George Gascone, the DA down in, Southern, in uh, Los Angeles in Southern California, some of his own uh, deputy DAs are uh, some of the prosecutors work for him. They would like to see him con. They're behind the, uh, the recall movement as well. Uh, I don't really think it makes a whole lot of difference to him because, and, and this is just my opinion, but I believe that people like George Gascon, who make decisions that basically upend the rule of law, that turn things totally upside down, their mission is to destroy. Their mission is to destroy what is so they can replace it with what they would like to see in place. And I believe it's even bigger. It's bigger than just how we sentence people. Uh, I think this is an overall movement to really destroy the United States of America as we know it, to do away with constitutional rights and to put power and control in the hands of the elite. I, I believe, and why do I believe that? Why do you believe that, Mike? Well, I'm glad you asked. I believe that because I'm watching very carefully. I'm listening to a lot of these governmental leaders. I'm listening to their rhetoric. I'm listening to Gavin Newsom very carefully, how he phrases things. I'm listening to George Coscone, Goscone down in uh, L.A. County. I'm, uh, I'm listening to Chesa Bodine. San Francisco uh, district attorney. I listen very carefully. I'll watch them over a long period of time. 
And just like you and me, uh, people watch us. They want to know if we're consistent. They want to know if we, what kind of worldview we have, if it's one that we're actually uh, supportive of or whether we're just using it uh, for a power trip. Are we being consistent? And that law of consistency is very important to me on a, on a variety of le- levels, uh, socially, theologically, and, and politically. Consistency is important. Now, does that mean that we don't, we don't change our opinions if new information warrants it? No. In fact, worthy politicians, in my mind, given new information that's good, and they alter their opinions based upon good information and own that and tell us why, I think that's a stand-up politician. But unfortunately, we're, uh, we're not seeing a lot of that uh, these days. What we're seeing is a lot of waffling. What we're seeing is a lot of abuse of authority. And uh, what we're seeing is an undermining of families, an undermining of, of uh, our neighborhoods and our cities and our counties and our states. And those states that are holding firm to things that we value, like the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, uh, the Declaration of Independence, those states are, uh, are gathering people. They're seeing people move there because they enjoy freedom. You, you look uh, north of the border here and, and uh, Trudeau. I am Prime Minister Trudeau. I am aghast at Prime Minister Trudeau. And what I'm worried about is there are leaders south of the border who think possibly that maybe that's a good thing. I mean, what's he doing up there? They're, they're seizing, uh, they're seizing trucks now, and uh, apparently uh, maybe selling them. It's uh, it just to me, we have to monitor this, and from grassroots level, from the ground up, we need to start locally, is my opinion, and be very very cautious and well-read and vote intelligently. Big problems, no easy answers. Let's go to the phones, 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. Debbie and Stanislaus, you have some ideas about problems we face. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I don't have enough of the right words to thank you for your, however you started all of this in the beginning and for what you give us every time you're on this radio. It, it's almost like we're afraid to say anything, but, but we have you. And you bring it forward to us, the things that we need to look at, that we need to have explanations for, that we need to defend. We're losing our country. We're losing our rights and our liberties, and you're so kind because you bring up the issues that we just pass it along and just let it go away. We can't do that anymore. Too late to pass it on anymore. We need to really listen and do all the things that you've shared with us to do the thinking with our brain, get our fingers off the technology, get rid of it if we have to. We've got to start using our brains and our emotions, and our intellect. And we all have different IQs. But the difference that we don't have is God said, I expect so little of you. All I expect is that you don't give away your brain and you tell the truth. Because these two things will set you free. Anything else you hear from any clergy is not true. 
It took a lot of years to get that message by going to a lot of faith buildings. I call them buildings now because people are so naive and they don't want to take responsibility. So they think if they go in a building and somebody preaches to them, that person is the head of, head of all, and that's not true. We individually have that responsibility. That's Jenny, my take. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. And, and let me, uh, if you would forgive me for interrupting you right there, because you just brought up a point that it's very important to me. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to put my pastor hat on for a minute, if you don't mind. Thank you. You are correct. The, the Apostle Paul, and, and don't worry, friends, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I do want to make this point. The Apostle Paul himself said, test everything you hear. I am not perfect. When I, when I get up and I, I lead a study of, of Scripture at the pulpit, my expectation is that those people who are, going to, who are listening at the time will double-check me. And if they hear something that they don't think is right, that they'll let me know. And unfortunately, Debbie, and I'll get off this pulpit here in just a second. But no, it's important. This, what you have this, to say is important. This idea that pastors cannot be questioned, uh, you know, these are God's people of authority. Well, yeah, but the job of the pastor really is to educate to prepare the saints for service to serve. And I'm not going to go any further into that. All, all to say, Debbie, I agree with you that we pastors need to be humble. And when we are in the pulpit, we need to be okay about people double-checking what we say. I think that's, uh, that's very important. All right. I've, well, there's, wait, 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 wait I'm not done. Minute. I'm not done. I'm go not ahead. done. I know you're this not. This is scary for me, so please be patient with me. I've held something inside of me for a long, long, long time because I was afraid, literally afraid, that if I said it, that that would be the end of me. And so I kept it inside of me all this time. At 3 a.m. in the morning before the election, on my television, because I have sleep apnea, I saw Georgia planning the election. And I heard them verbatim say, and question each other, are you sure this is going to work? Are you sure it's a guarantee? Are you sure? Are you sure? And everybody kept the people that were in control said, yes, we've got it covered. There's no way it can go wrong. This is going to happen. The election was fixed. I saw it with my own eyes and heard it with my own ears. I've been afraid to say it out loud. And so that brings up all the other issues that you brought up today, Michael, plus before. We've made some grievous, grievous mistakes. We have done things that we can't take back. We have caused people pain and heartache that is not even measurable. It's so horrible. When are we going to give up technology and start using our brains that God gave us? When? I'm not going to follow the leader anymore. I've never told a soul except what I'm saying now because I was so afraid. Well, but Debbie, I, can't I think you live should. afraid anymore. I, I can't. I think you should think for yourself. I think we all should think for ourselves. Uh, but the pressure, uh, Debbie, thanks for the call. Uh, Got to go, but uh, thank you. And, and th thank you for being transparent. And I hope you find it 
to be a safe place here uh, because that's what I intend for you and all the callers that you have a safe place where you can say what you want to say and make the points you want to make. So Debbie, uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call. Uh, I, I think one of the, the things that, that Debbie brings up that I think is, is something that, that we all need to think about and be aware of is not taking any one informational source as the only gospel truth. I don't expect that you consider me to be the source of all truth. I'm not. God is, and I do my best to, as best I can, reflect his character in what I do and to be consistent with the instructions that he has given me in Scripture. Uh, I, I believe that I need to be consistent in my political views. I need to be consistent in my social views until some information may come up that warrants a change of perspective. But I, I think it's part of that process of gathering information from many different sources. And then, as Debbie says, using the God-given brains that we have, and I think some of you probably have a lot more of that upstairs than I do, and I celebrate that. But I think the, 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 the challenge here is not to take any one informational source and allow it to nuance all of our thinking. And you can often tell, can't you? Can't you tell when you're talking to people, can't you tell what source they've been listening to or, or reading or, or watching? Uh, I can. And so my question is, have you thought about this? Uh, what other sources have you, have, you, uh, have you talked to or have you consulted? And again, sometimes it's very painful to me, for me, but I listen to some of these other sources because once in a while there's a nugget of information that's uh, good to consider. And I want to know what makes the other side tick. What, why do they believe that? Why does George Gascon act the way he does? Well, we'll discuss that more. We'll continue the conversation at area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483, when the Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we're back here on the Mike Douglas Show, again on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thanks so much for being with us Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Again, here on KFIV, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, I, I'm going to throw this out again uh, for any of you who watch the skies. And uh, I, what, what is that? shimmering object in in the night sky it's in the eastern sky maybe about uh two o'clock on the horizon so, uh, so to speak two o'clock uh in the eastern sky it appears to be in orbit but it it kind of flashes and glitters and i'm wondering is that a is that an elon musk uh, satellite anybody know what it is i'd be interested in it does it it doesn't act like a star or a planet, at least the ones I'm used to seeing uh, out here. And it is, it's quite bright, and it seems to shimmer. Uh, anyway, I would love to know if any of you have the answer to that question, because then I, then I can sleep at night now. I mean, I know it's not the moon. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's go back to the phones. Area code 209-551-3483. Area code 209-551-3483. We've been talking about infrastructure and U.S. Postal Service trucks and such. Uh, let's find out what Lucille from Modesto uh, has on her mind. Lucille, uh, you have an idea about mail trucks. Uh, yes, I've always had a fondness for them. I think they're neat. And I think they're about the size of a little bedroom. And that if they were refurbished and you had a piece of land and you laid out uh, like the shape of a wheel, in the center you could have services. And you could have spokes going around it that would be little alleys or roads. And around the center would be these little things that could actually serve. I think if they were refurbished, they could be used for bedrooms so that some of the homeless could have like their own bedroom or something. And you could even put circles around circles. Anyway, that was just one of the ideas. Yeah, it's very innovative. Are you are you running and for then, office anytime soon, Lucille? <laughs> no, I just get pictures occasionally. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, um, and the other thing was talking about the politics and making good decisions. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in school and and I was required to take a political class, um, they had something called the California Journal, and they seemed to be like kind of like trying to hide it and it had real important information on it that would serve really well for voters Um, but it's not readily available it's almost like you couldn't even get it if you weren't in that class and the politicians could have it but the rest of us couldn't and I found myself handicapped a few times wanting to vote for some of the legal people and stuff like that, this would give you information that you're not getting otherwise. So I just thought I would bring it up. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, uh, Lucille, sometimes to um, to get the information that you need. And then, uh, then when you learn of a source, sometimes it's hard to get it. Lucille, thanks for your call. I appreciate that. Uh, quite an innovative idea Lucille has about using uh, used uh, USPS mail trucks, perhaps as uh, homeless shelters for the homeless. I would add another layer onto that, Lucille, and it's something that has been part of our psyche at Advancing Vibrant Communities for, well, low these 20 years that we've been serving the needs of, uh, of the community, and that is to build in some expectation of moving out of a the circumstance that has created the homeless situation for them. In other words, I I'm, I, I like your innovative idea. I, I and I, I would say let's let's also think beyond that. What what would we of those who are taking advantage of those shelters in order to uh, avoid the situation that we're in? And you say, well, Mike, if they want to be homeless, that's their that's their issue, and we ought not to say anything. No, no, because the problem is for a lot of the homeless, especially those who may have mental illness, who may have uh, addiction issues, uh, and let me let me take those who have just lost their jobs. 
let me take them out of the picture for a minute. But for those who have uh, major uh, major pathologies, we need to start them on the road to dealing with those pathologies. And now let's deal with those who may have lost their jobs. So if they are taking advantage of a resource like that, what what do we do to encourage them? Uh, do we provide uh, some sort of training for them to go to? Do we work with another uh, uh, organization in town that can provide training? And by the way, uh, let me let me bring this up, and we'll get to it after the bottom of the hour. What about education? We put so, and I've got a lot of university education, uh, BA, masters, and doctoral work. I know the university system. What about trade schools? What do you think about more emphasis on trade schools? I think that's a stellar idea, and we ought to be giving a lot more emphasis to that, especially considering what a lot of universities are doing to our students. We'll talk about that more in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, the phone number 209-551-3483. Back in five minutes. And we're back. Mike Douglas here. You're you're humble, at least I try to be, and you're open to new ideas and you're willing to explore ideas that may not agree with me, concierge for conversation. It's just important to me to gather as much information as possible and to give people the ability to have a, a place to voice what they're feeling about things these days. Uh, I called earlier and said she hasn't always felt that way. And I, I think uh, we look at Canada north of the north of the border right now. It's uh, it's a little dangerous up there to say what you really feel. Well, they're not going to throw you in jail for that. Well, maybe not. But apparently, uh, if you're like uh, just uh, contributing, I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks uh, to the truckers up there, uh, apparently. Your uh, your name can be doxxed, and uh, they will find a way to encourage financial institutions uh, to not finance your loan, and they will get at you financially if they uh, if they can't any other way. You see how this goes? You cannot allow government to start chipping away at your freedoms. We cannot allow that. And you say, well, we can just let a little bit go here for the sake of no, we can't. You either have the rule of law or we don't have the rule of law. And now I understand there, there, are, there is the spirit of the law and there is the letter of the law. Understand that? Understand that very well. Because I have uh, been involved in a lot of cases where you make the decision to prosecute based on the spirit of the law sometimes versus the letter of the law and uh, sentencing sometimes as well. But what we're seeing across the nation right now is a, a wholesale disregarding of the rule of law at all. And when you have that kind of consistent hypocrisy, then we start destroying. We start kicking the foundations out from underneath the American culture, which is based on freedom and the marketplace of ideas. There are people that uh, aren't, are not comfortable sharing their ideas today because big tech uh, will uh, make sure that they are ostracized, that they are made fun of, 
and that they are canceled. Is cancel culture even a thing anymore? It seems like an an old phrase, but it certainly is. Uh, it certainly is still in effect. So, all to say, very important that. We have these discussions together, you and me, and and I hope you feel that you will always have a place here to say what you would like to say. And I intend to provide that safe place. Doesn't mean that I won't ask probing questions. That's part of my job. I'm curious why you may believe what you believe. But we, uh, we have that ability here to be live and local, to give you a platform that uh, is not there in a, lot of, uh, in a lot of other places. So we're blessed. Here to have that like a, a live and local uh, dynamic here on uh, Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and I will do my best to uh, preserve that dynamic for you. All right, uh, moving on. By the way, one more time, anybody know what that object is in the eastern, uh, northeastern sky about two o'clock uh, above the horizon and kind of shimmering? It's not a star, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a planet. It's not the moon, uh, but I'd be curious if it's a satellite up there. It seems to be in an orbit. And uh, anyway, if you have any clues on that, please let me know so that I can start uh, not waking up at 2.30 in the morning wondering what that is. Uh, If you've uh, wondered, by the way, what is uh, regarding uh, many of the events that used to be big deals in the United States of America that are now kind of waning, in terms of interest, not like that shiny object in the sky that I see uh, where I'm located, but uh, maybe one time glistening, shining, shiny things that are no longer so. And I'm talking now about things like the Olympics, the Beijing Games, uh, the, uh, the Emmys, uh, the Academy Awards, etc. And one way. I haven't watched the Emmys for so long that I can't remember. I have absolutely no interest in in the Emmys whatsoever. Just being honest with you, I don't mind if other people do. I just have no interest whatsoever. Nor do I have any interest anymore in uh, the Academy Awards and the Oscars. Really, really, I don't. I rarely uh, can get out to see a, a film, and if I do, it's with family and attached to maybe a Thanksgiving time somewhere. I think the last one that I saw last live uh, in-person movie that I saw in a theater was with my family. And it was the, uh, uh, the Mr. Rogers. That wasn't the name of it. Uh, but the, the movie about Mr. Rogers, which I thought was, was well done. Uh, well, well worth the, the time. I, I believe anyway, uh, the, the Super Bowl still has, it's still, uh, as hot as ever, it's still the hot ticket, but frankly, everything else is on the wane. And uh, frankly, you know, the the uh, Academy Awards and the Emmys have become very, very political. And they're usually espousing opinions that I don't agree with. And so I have no desire to watch, um, to watch them congratulate themselves and support issues that I'm not particularly uh, happy about. So uh, there we go. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to the phones, area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. How did we get here? I, I think we let those in authority have way too much power and we let them misbehave for way 
too long. But let's go out to LaGrange, find out what Mike thinks. Uh, Mike, what's on your mind today? Precisely what I was going to say right now. Hear us. They, they don't think that they work for us. They think that we work for them. And the, uh, the audacity and the arrogance that they, that they have is, is, is unbelievable. And yet we let them get away with it. People need to be locked up. I mean, I'm not even joking about this. These people, Nancy Pelosi, all of them, I'm not even, both sides of the aisle. The corruption is so deep and so bad that these people are getting away with murder. There's two tiers of justice in this country. Okay, for the working man and the, for the political elite, there is no justice. I mean, they have no recourse for them. Nobody presses charges. No district attorney will take them on. Nobody's got any guts, and we don't even. And the judges they appointed aren't worth ten dead flies because they damn sure aren't to prosecute anybody. Uh, we just need to. Mike, we just lost your. Uh... Just lost your cell phone signal there. Yeah, I think you're in a bad area. Maybe uh, we're we're we just lost your signal. But thanks for calling in. I appreciate that. Uh, and and let me just uh, affirm uh, some of the uh, some of the points that you were making. And I'm going to assume, Mike, that it was not the government that uh, just took your cell phone signal away. I hope it's just because you're in a bad area. Uh, cell phone. By the way, Mike. How can we, why is it that we pay all these big fees for cell phone service to uh, major and minor providers and the cell phone reception is so bad? There are parts in my, of, of, in my home, Mike, where I have to stand on one leg with uh, my hand and one finger in the air like an antenna in order to get my cell phone to work. I just don't understand it. And, and we can almost, I mean, it's a couple blocks away or, or where the cell phone towers are. But anyway, getting back to, to Mike's point, uh, I, I agree with you, Mike. There are, and we're seeing it now, there are two tiers of justice. There's justice for the elites, and then there's the justice system for those of us who are not elites. And, and you look at how many governmental officials have have been involved in proven proven shady incidents and nothing happens and we're talking the evidence is there but nothing seems to happen and why is it not happening uh i'm thinking of the durham report i I, i'm glad that durham is coming out with some of the things he's coming out with he's been at it three years now and I firmly believe that if you and I had pulled some of the stuff that uh, people pulled in his report, that we'd be in jail by now. At, at, well, why do you say that, Mike? What evidence do you have of that? Look at all the people that uh, were locked away after January 6, 2021. No-name people, and they're not getting justice that the politicians are getting are they no and so we have two tiers of justice mike i i agree with you and again november 2022 my friends i really believe it's going to be a tipping point and and i agree with you mike as well it's not partisan this it is apolitical this particular issue the corruption 
uh, digs deep into both parties. Uh, when uh, when when Trump talked about President Trump talked about the deep state, I understand that. I've worked in uh, state and and uh, federal government uh, operations, and I know for a fact that the bureaucrats who make decisions that we don't like are buried so far you can't get to them. They are so ingrained in the system, can't get at them. You can't. And how do you clean it up? I don't know. Whoever comes in in 2024, I hope they have a novel idea. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, but I, of course, could be could be wrong. We'll get your thoughts on that coming up. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. As the Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. So happy you're with us here Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I uh, launched a rabbit trail there a couple of minutes ago, and I want to jump on it right now before I uh, forget about it. And that is our education system. We and and Mike was just talking about the uh, caller. Mike was talking about uh, the depth of corruption uh, and and in an apolitical way, both, both parties, there's a depth of, of corruption in Washington, D.C. and, and in Sacramento as well. And it's bad at the people who are actually uh, fueling it and sustaining it because they're bureaucrats who uh, have uh, no names and are buried deep within the system. And so I got thinking about that. Why are we in the situation we're in? What, what has caused the chipping away at the rule of law, at the Constitution, at the Bill of Rights, at the Declaration of Independence. What, what happened here to us? I believe one of the major issues has been education. Our university system has failed. And I'm not so much talking about engineering and, and the sciences as such, but uh, you get into uh, some of the social sciences and and philosophies and, and that sort of thing. And you, you look at some of our political leaders, they're from big name universities. Uh, they're from the, a lot of them, the Ivy league colleges and such. And I think that we would do well as a nation to put equal emphasis upon trade schools. Really? I, I think it's worth it to offer junior hires, high schoolers, and, uh, and beyond uh, the opportunity to uh, get into trade schools with scholarships. We need good tradespeople. We do. There, and it is very hard today to get some work done. because We were just uh, talking to someone the other day, and, and uh, they are a, a plumber. They said one of the problems I have is I don't have anyone to to pass my trade on to. That, that nobody nobody wants to be a plumber. Well, it's good money being a plumber. Uh, and and you need to know. By the way, one of the one of the proudest moments of my life, and and we as parents, I believe, need to make sure we do this. I made sure that um, my children were involved in fixing things, like you know if it's running or 
stopped up, stopped up's a no-brainer, really. But let let's say that it's it's running and how to fix it. So, uh, and my daughter's in her uh, mid to late twenties now, and she was uh, on a road trip with a with a friend of hers, and they were uh, at a at a hotel and and were sharing a room, and and she said to the other gal, uh, you know, how are you doing? Well, the, the toilet keeps running. We got to call the we got to call the management here at the hotel and have him fix it. And and my daughter said, "Oh, come on!" She went in there and, and lifted up the top and took care of what needed to be taken care. Of. She says, "You didn't need to fix that ourselves." One of the proudest moments of my life because our children pay attention. They watch what we do. They watch uh, what we model, and we need to uh, we we need to stress the importance of working with your hands. We need to elevate manual labor to something that is valued in our society. And we, unfortunately, a lot of these elites don't want to get their hands dirty. And they believe that they do have a higher, and perhaps some of them do have a higher intellect than the rest of us. I'm going to say it probably varies. I'm watching some politicians, and I'm kind of doubting that they have higher intellect. But, uh, you know, for many of them, there's this arrogance and you can see it in their eyes, see it in their faces, you can see it in their voices, hear it in their voices, you can, you can see their body language. And it's just this sense that uh, I am part of the elite, and, uh, and Mike brought this up, our last caller, Mike. They work for us. We, we don't work for them. And so when we consider the, the lockdowns and the tremendous damage that is done and the studies that have come out of Johns Hopkins University, that a lot of these uh, restrictions, a lot of these mask mandates and such, even uh, vaccinations to a degree, weren't what they were reported to be. And, uh, and yet we went like lemmings over the cliff. And it's frustrating to me. That, that we don't stand up. Well, Mike, you'll be criticized or, or you can get fired. Yep, I understand that. And I don't want you to get, well, criticism is one thing, getting fired is another. I, I understand uh, if you feel that uh, your, your job is at stake. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed in being in several professions that I'm in that I don't have to worry about that, really, that uh, the people I work for uh, or the organizations that uh, I sit as CEO over, I create an environment of empowerment and uh, people are free to express what they want to express, whether I agree with it or not. As long as they show up for work and do the job that they're supposed to do, I'm, you know, I'm okay about what they say uh, within the office and such. So, It's just a matter of the elites now coming out of our university system are poisoning our world. They really are, in my my opinion. Our our culture is being poisoned by the university system. And believe me, there there are great universities, but when you look at the way uh, many of these universities have conducted themselves over the years, uh, especially over the past two years, I'm uh, I'm mystified. I really am, and I'm 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 sad 
that so much money is going into these endowments. And, of course, the way to deal with that, uh, when universities are churning out people who uh, intend to destroy the country, who feel that they're uh, uh, narcissistically elite, uh, the way to deal with that is defund them. But, of course, there are people with a lot of money who believe uh, that's the way to go. And so you and I, you and I need to keep at it. Uh, I'm going to keep uh, running at the windmill, so to speak, uh, a la Don Quixote, but I think I'll have better results. Uh, I believe it's important for us to keep pursuing what's true, to keep announcing what's true, and we can do that without being offensive, but within the context of finding areas where we can agree on with other people, start there and then build that trust, build that relationship to the point where we then can talk about things and we can listen to them and hopefully they listen to us and we can begin to have an impact with a lot of this well thank you so much for joining me today mike douglas show here on power talk 1360 kfiv thanks for joining us look forward uh, to our next time together mike douglas with you have a wonderful evening